So, if you was a wrestler, right, yeah, in your last match, would it be A, somebody to pass on the torch, or would it be, like, somebody you've wrestled before? Um, I think it kind of depends on the caliber of legend you are. Okay. I think that if you're somebody that's like a mid-carder, I think you elevate somebody. I think if you're a Hall of Fame legend, I think you wrestle a past opponent. You know what? I wasn't expecting that type of answer. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Which one were you expecting? I don't know. I thought you were going to say like passing on the torch type thing because that's something I do. But I get yeah. where you're coming from. It just all depends on obviously the caliber. Like if you're absolute like wrestling legend, you're going to obviously yeah. I can see why you said that. Yeah, it, it's subjective to uh, who the person is. Of course, and today I was looking at wrestling legends last matches now. When I did obviously research on this, it was a bit surprising. I'm not sure if you did any research on this. Yeah, some of these are, are very surprising. Yeah, and uh, you know we we can get into that and kind of talk about some of the ones maybe that we didn't pluck as well. Um, some very surprising ones on here, yeah. <laughs> of, co of course, but of course, always, intern, roll the intro. Mr. Wakelin, did I freeze or did you freeze? Testing. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. All right, Liam is having uh, technical difficulties here, but uh, we'll we'll get him back in here momentarily. What the bloody what? <laughs> What's happening? I'm sorry, it's technical issues today. I, I think we were having uh, the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde edition of Liam here. We've got the, the good Liam and the bad Liam both on the screen. Yeah, I do not know what's going on. It's just really, really bad connection issues. It's got bad weather at the moment, but I think we can cut that little bit out, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, the weather kind of sucks here, too, so hopefully it holds up pretty well. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. No big deal. Of course. It's live course, TV. Isaac, man. There you go. Mr. Isaacs, obviously, how's your week been, my friend? Dude, it was very busy. I had my kids here this week. Uh, we're kind of ramping up, getting ready for the uh, Christmas holiday season. And uh, yeah, man, like it, it, it's been a good week, but it's been a long and busy week. And, uh, you know, we get a little bit of a uh, extended break uh, because uh, I took Monday off. And then, uh, you know, Tuesday we have off for, you know, a work related reason. And uh, 
So yeah, I'm going to have a four-day weekend ahead of me, so I'm looking forward to that. Of course. I've only got one week, obviously, left at work as well. Then I'm mostly I'm set for all Christmas. I'm obviously NGW next week. And as Ooh. you know, it's been a really, really tough week. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. I, if you want to tell everybody about what happened, man, I, I feel for you. I really do. Yeah, so, I mean, one thing I also want to say is thanks to, obviously, everybody who basically commented, but yesterday we had to obviously lay a family dog, obviously, to rest. Mm. And it's really sad, man, because it's like we've had this dog, obviously, like for 15 years, do you know what I mean? He's had him since a pup. And, mm. yeah, we knew, obviously, this time was going to be coming, but it's just so, so sudden that it's just really... I, I didn't even want to do paranormal yesterday. I was just so emotionally drained, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. I mean, my condolences to you and and your family. Um, I know that's tough, man. I've gone through that before too. And I I, I grew up with a uh, a chocolate Labrador Retriever that was with me from like oh I don't know fifth grade until I was like in college, and then you know we had to put her down. It's just it's an awful feeling. Um, you know, you just gotta think about the good times that you had with them. Um, because I mean, pets are a, a wonderful blessing on mankind um especially dogs i'm a big dog person too so i i empathize with you guys and that i'm sorry to hear that that happened of course of course so yeah we've all that out of the way mr isaacs we've got one thing to get out of the way before we get into our main event what is that the magic weekly And, of course, the Magic of Weekly is brought to you by FTW Wrestling. Mr. Isaacs, tell everybody about this little uh, training school. FTW Wrestling is ran by a couple of friends of the channel, Brian Idle and Natalia Markova, for $250 a month. You can go to Largo, Florida, and learn to be a professional wrestler. What more could there you, you want? And just to give you guys a little insight, here's a video. Determination. Perseverance. These are the qualities that make a champion. Do you have what it takes to be the next wrestling superstar? Are you ready to turn your dreams into a reality? At Fight the World Wrestling's World Wrestling Academy, we can help you become the champion you were meant to be. Our world travel trainers, Brian Idol and Natalia Markova, are well-known industry professionals with years of experience in the world of wrestling. From the basics to advanced techniques, they are dedicated to help give you the tools that you need to succeed in the ring. Our training program is tailored to challenge you, push you to your limits, and help you discover your full potential. Come join our diverse group of talent. Join us at Fight the World Wrestling's World Wrestling Academy and make your dream a reality. Visit our website or contact us to learn more and start your journey to the top today. 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 Of course. Now, Mr. Isaacs, you obviously were taking care of the Magic Weekly this week, so I will hand you over. I did, my man. I plucked the news items for this week, and uh, it, it's it's going to be a good one. First off, I have to lead off with uh, Liam. Have you been keeping up with the uh, the AEW Continental Classic? Yes and no. Not this okay. week, obviously, for obvious reasons, but I am aware of it. Yes. Well, I, I'm going to give you an updated ratings of the competitors in the Continental Classic, and then we can kind of uh, discuss where we think it's going to go from here. So we've got the Gold League, and we've got the Blue League. And uh, mm -hmm. here are the standings as of now. In the Gold League, John Moxley 
is uh, 3-0 and with nine points. Swerve Strickland, 3-0 and with nine points. Jay White, 2-1 for six points. Roosh is 1-2 and for three points. Mark Briscoe, 0 out of three. Jay Letho, Lethal, 0-3, both with zero points. And when we look over at the Blue League, We've got Brody King, 2-0, 6 points. Brian Danielson, 2-0, 6 points. Andrade El Idolo, 1-0, 3 points. Claudio Castagnoli, 1-1, 3 points. Eddie Kingston, 0-2, zero, 0 points. Danny Garcia, 0-3, zero, 0 points. Now, based on those standings right there, um, it kind of looks like Moxley and Strickland are at the top of the Gold League. Blue League... Right now is Brody King and Brian Danielson. I don't. I don't I'm not sure it's going to stay that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, what do you make of this, Liam? What do you think? I mean, to be quite honest, obviously, because if I remember rightly, the Continental Classic is based on the uh, the New Japan style or the like similar format. Yeah, it's 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 kind of modeled after the G1 that mm-hmm. New Japan has every year, which. Uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar with it, it's a round-robin style tournament, meaning there's two different groups. Everybody in the group wrestles each other one time, and whoever has the most points after the round-robin of everyone facing each other moves on to face the winner of the other bracket. That's how the G1 is done every year, and that's how the Continental Classic here is set up. I mean, the thing is, I like the concept, but for me, I think Aaron said it obviously on a previous show, the name sucks. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know i i don't mind the name of it um but yeah i i, I kind of think they i i think aaron made the point that he thinks this should be the owen hart classic and i agree with that like i would like to see this be the owen hart classic instead of calling it the continental classic but i guess they're wanting to add another title belt to this so they can call whoever wins it the triple crown even though they technically <laughs> Ring of Honor and AEW are kind of the same company, let's be honest here. Um, that with the New Japan Strong title, they're going to call this person the Triple Crown Champion. So, I mean, it's interesting. We'll we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. So, is this something like which New Japan's obviously done before, or is this like a first time where the the crowns obviously getting basically their titles going like in a different promotion anyway? Well, I mean, the New Japan Strong title is just the championship they made to represent New Japan in the United States, basically. So the Strong brand is like the American brand of New Japan. And it's kind of like, I don't want to dismissive and say like lower level talents, but it's like kind of mid-card talents that don't work in mainline Japan very often. Uh, So they work here in the U.S. and they kind of just spread strong style throughout the u.s so it's, it's kind of on par with like a ring of honor type championship oh okay then that's not and i think it would have main title it'd be a different story but yeah i like the concept i like obviously the the, the point system i also like where everyone's barred from ringside because now you can have a, a straight fate straight to the point and a winner and then see if we take it from there the one person obviously i want to put a shine of light on is obviously swerve strickland i feel like this might be the guy to watch i hope so like Aaron and I both want Swerve to be the guy to win this. Um, I'm about 50-50 on him being the guy to win it. I, I think it's either going to be Swerve or I think it's going to be Danielson. I don't think it's going to be Moxley. I don't think it's going to be Brody King. Um, I, I would be willing to bet it's either Swerve or Brian Danielson. I'm hoping for Swerve because I think yeah. he can use the boost. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm going for obviously Swerve as well. So I think we're kind of in agreement on that one. Yeah, and and this uh, the way the G1 works in Japan is that uh, whoever wins the G1 goes on to face the IWGP champion at Wrestle Kingdom every year. So that's how they determine the number one contender for the title at their biggest show of the year every year. Yeah, and actually, to obviously, Progress Wrestling's got something similar, which is called the Super Strong Style 16, which is the same format. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So it's exactly the same thing. Like The winner obviously gets to face the world champion and stuff like that, but it's a similar you know, situation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got Noob in the house. Hello. What's up, Noob? Always What's glad to see you, my friend. And uh, he says he's going with Swerve Strickland to win this thing. So, you know, I, yeah. I agree with you, man. I agree with you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Let's hope we have no more connection issues here, by the way, because this is sucking. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, kind of weird. Even, even like when I clicked on Noob's comment, it like kind of like discolored and like acted weird but anyways moving on to the next segment here um apparently charlotte flair suffered a knee injury on smackdown last night and uh yeah that doesn't look good she was shouting my knee my knee and uh you know charles robinson came to check on her and all the doctors came out to check on her that's uh that's a uh, definitely not a good sign and uh cuz she hasn't even been back very long right i mean she's just been back like what a month or two yeah, exactly. And if it's a knee injury as well, again, it, I hate this kind of thing we're doing when they've got injuries like that. It's like you've not been back locked, so you can't build that momentum up because now if she's injured again, the momentum's gone and you've got to start again. It's like a cycle, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it really is. And it, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, we see it all the time in this business. You know, people uh, get hurt and it kind of just take some longevity off of their career, man, because it's like they just never fully recover. Uh, they come back and something else goes wrong and then they'll come back down the road and something else goes wrong. And then eventually they retire. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what the future holds for Charlotte, but I, I'm really, I, I like Charlotte. I know a lot of people on the internet don't, uh, but I like her and I hope she makes a full recovery and comes back very soon. I do. I mean, I'm not a big fan as well. I feel like she rubs the people the wrong way, but when it comes to injuries, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, do you know what I mean? Because it's not a nice thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, moving on here, there was some uh, interesting news with uh, the recently re-rebranded TNA wrestling (laughs) (laughs) that uh, they officially have are starting a new TNA Plus streaming service uh, for $9.99 a month. It's apparently going to have all the pay-per-views, even the live ones. And uh, it is being the app is being uh, set up and uh, distributed by Endeavor, the parent company of WWE, which is an odd twist. Well, what do you make of this new TNA Plus uh, backed by Endeavor? I, I mean, to be fair, what's wrong with also the TNA they've got at the moment? Their network, I feel like it's not up with that at the minute. What's going to make that diff? What's going to make that different from that to what obviously they're creating now? If it's the streaming, obviously streaming is now a big key thing these days. You obviously know that as well. So yeah. the surprising thing is Endeavor. I mean, maybe Endeavor could actually, you know, buy TNA. We don't know. I mean, you just never know, I guess. Um, I I don't think, I think a lot of people latched on to the Endeavor part of this mm-hmm. uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> because they own TKO, which is the parent company of WWE. I, I don't think there's going to be any intermingling here. I think this is a completely separate division of Endeavor that just handles digital distribution. 
And I believe that this is just kind of a revamped app that's just going to hopefully function and look better aesthetically. Um, if they include the live pay-per-views for $9.99 a month, that's a big change too. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't I don't think that the uh the the older incarnation of this had that. I think you had to still buy the pay-per-view, but you got the older pay-per-views, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So if they include the pay-per-views that they have in this $9.99 price, that that becomes a lot more interesting to me because that might be something that I actually check out once in a while. I don't know if I would keep it month to month, but you know, I might check it out around like bound for glory or something like that. What, what, what are your thoughts on how this could change TNA's reach with the audience? I mean, I've just said it there. I mean, I'll also reiterate Obviously, the streaming thing. Is it the key thing? And I feel like they're doing something which ring of honor is not doing. Obviously the, the pay for views are good on their network. Obviously their network's bigger, but, You've got is it so many days you've got to obviously wait before you can obviously watch it back? Yeah, I think it's like 30 or 60 or something like that. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to charge $10 a month for a Ring of Honor show that's basically just like a glorified AEW dark, let's be honest here, and, uh, you know, give you the old library of Ring of Honor, I, I think you need a little more for that for $10 a month, in my opinion. I think that you should get the pay-per-views. You should get final battle <laughs> that should be included in the $10. Otherwise I just don't see it's, I don't see it as a great value, but it looks like TNA plus is kind of taking it the right direction. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing. There was obviously the live thing. I feel like that'll draw, you know, more people in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I'll probably check it out. I haven't watched TNA in years, but uh, you know, if I could watch their big events and just pay $10 for it and not pay 30, Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll probably check it out. I'll give them a look and see see what this is all about. I'm I'm kind of excited to check this out. Yeah, do you think obviously teenage now going in the right direction? Obviously, they're going back to the old name, they're changing the streaming service. Are they going in the right direction for you? I I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. You you kind of get the uh, the brand recognition of TNA back. Uh, you've kind of uh, made steps to increase the uh, visibility which the product has kind of been suffering from the past few years i i think it's a i think it's a net positive i'm i'm curious to see where they're going with this of course so I'm, I'm, I'm keeping on that story because that's really intriguing with the endeavor part yeah i'll i'll uh i'll send you some articles on it if you want to see more of it um but the last item that i have on my agenda <laughs> and this this one's funny um according to sean ross sap of fightful apparently brian danielson has a big hand in or is making the decision on in, in full to find wrestlers for being critical of AEW on social media. Now, Liam, what do you make of this? So when you say wrestlers, are we talking people who work for obviously AEW or is it just outside that, that actual thing? Well, I mean, it has to be people who works on AEW, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit surprising to be honest, because I mean, like, I've not seen many people being critical. You've had obviously people who's obviously used to work there and obviously reasons, but I've not really seen anybody say a bad thing about AEW, especially the ones who work there, unless I'm missing something. Uh, I've seen some people make comments about not being booked and not being used very often. I mean, Lance Archer used to make comments on Twitter about it. Uh, um, <laughs> recently this week, I can't remember if it was Santana or Ortiz, but mm-hmm. one of them said something 
and apparently got fined <laughs> and made a mention of it afterwards. So um, it actually is happening. I I understand it. I get it. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of like trying to censor people on what what is their personal media. I mean, AEW doesn't own their Twitter accounts. I think if this if the shoe was on the other foot and Dota V was doing this. I think mm-hmm. there'd be a massive uproar about it. But since it's AEW, people are kind of sweeping it under the rug, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm just I'm not a fan of corporate censorship, just in general. Yeah, and I think with the world we're living in these days, obviously people's gonna be critical about absolutely everything, especially like fans, even like people who work for companies. I feel like with the social media this day and age, it's like you cannot hold it back because you, you're gonna you're gonna see it, people's gonna speak out no matter what. It's it's a weird fine line that I can kind of see both points of view. Mm-hmm. I, I can see it in the sense of that, you know, it's their private Twitter account. They should be free to say whatever they want to say. But at the same time, you have freedom of speech, but you don't have freedom of consequences from said speech. That's a big thing, too. And mm-hmm. I can kind of understand that if a company who pays you thinks that what you are saying is possibly damaging to their bottom line, then I could kind of understand it. So, I mean, I kind of see it both ways. That sounds like a double answer here, but I can see both sides of this issue. Yeah. I think it all depends what they are saying. If they're not being booked, I mean, yeah, I can see, I mean, the prime example is obviously Lance Archer. I mean, I'm a big, huge fan. I've seen him obviously wrestle for other shows. I'm not going to mention them, but. And you're bigger than him. (laughs) Yes. I also the same size as him somehow, but. Yeah, for me, when it comes to Lance Archer, that's a prime example. For me, it's like, you. I mean, you obviously watch him in New Japan, so you're probably familiar with his work, really, but it's just sad because I feel like there's a missed opportunity there because he's just such a great wrestler. Yeah, I mean, AEW just has so many guys, I just don't know what to do with them, you know? I mean, and Lance Archer is great. I mean, I've seen him put on some really damn good matches in New Japan, and... um you know, it just is what it is. I mean, they've, they've got a large roster. Um, at least AEW doesn't keep them exclusive. Like, they let them go work elsewhere as well. Mm-hmm. So that way they could still get an AEW check for being on the roster, but then they're free to go fill in the gaps when they're not being used to. So I kind of feel like that's the trade-off that AEW gives these wrestlers, and I think that works better. If I was a wrestler, I would like that better than just working for WWE, not being allowed to do anything independently, and still not being booked. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. be pretty bad. This is why, obviously, I knew deep down that Will was obviously going to be signing for AEW because I know there's a lot of UK, obviously, Progress, a prime example, other shows like that. So I am familiar. Do you know why you obviously signed for AEW? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you get more freedom in AEW. You just do. I mean, you get more creative freedom. Um, you know, I'm not sure if the money's the same or not. I assume for some people it probably is. For some people, it might not be, but even if the money's not the same, the light schedule, the guaranteed paycheck, the chance to appear on television to boost your star, and the ability to independently earn money through conventions and independent shows and New Japan and whatever, I mean, I it sounds good to me. <laughs> if I was Absolutely. a pro wrestler, I think I would like that deal. How do you think Will's going to fare in AEW based on how stacked the roster is? Honest opinion. Um, I mean, I'd like to think that he's going to be at the top and I think that he will mm-hmm. because I don't think he would have worked that 
insane match with Kenny Omega at Forbidden Door. Mm-hmm. Uh, for them to just bring him in and just kind of stick him in the mid card, you know, wrestling Wheeler Yuta, <laughs> you know, like I, I think they're going to want their money's worth with this guy. Um, and, and I want to think and I hope, fingers crossed, that when they bring him in, that he's a top tier player, that he's a world title contender. Um, you know, I, I, I'm glad they went that direction with Jay White, and I think they're going to go that direction with Osprey as well. So, if I remember rightly, his contract with New Japan ends in February? That's my understanding, yeah. And because of the working relationship between AEW and New Japan, that's why they were allowed to have a little bit of an overlap there, where he's technically signed by AEW, but he's probably not going to actually debut until after, at least after Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, even though he's signed for AEW, I mean, don't count him out going back to New Japan working there. Do you know what I mean? That's another thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the talent exchange is going to still be there, and I, I'm sure Osprey's still going to work a match or two every year in New Japan, so um, I'm I'm just glad they've got this working relationship, because I, I think it opens up a lot of possibilities for some good matchups. Absolutely, absolutely. And that um, does it for the Magic Weekly. Of course, of course. So we've got that out of the way. Are we ready to get into the main? Let's do it. Let's do this. It is main event. <laughs> The main event. Get that it's jammed. It's jammed. It's not working. Uh oh. Did did it have a connection issue too? <laughs> no, I wonder about that. <laughs> I literally tried to jump in. Of course, the main event is brought to you by the Kill City Cup. Now, how can I describe the Kill City Cup? It's Mortal Kombat meets wrestling. I'm just going to let play the video and let that do the talking, shall we? Welcome to the Kill City Cup. by the balls man uh yeah, of course if you guys want to obviously watch the kill city cup you can check that out by numerous ways number one it's in the description of this video number two you can head to youtube type in kill city cup or number three i do believe they've got a website killcitycup.com go check it out it's an hour of your time and you will not be disappointed yeah, absolutely of course so main event we're looking at wrestling legends last matches now, I just want to obviously emphasize this now. All information we found was obviously via cage match. So if there's anything wrong, you can prove us wrong. And Mr. Isaacs, obviously, you did a bit of research on this. What did you find out with some of these last matches? There's some interesting stuff here, man. There, there's some uh, people on here that uh, probably shouldn't be working matches that still do. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, worked long beyond when they should have hung it up, unfortunately. Like, I, I know we don't have him on this list but uh you know i looked it up for example 
Jerry Lawler, who had a stroke this year, has worked a match this year for an independent promotion. And it's like, ooh, we watched you have a heart attack on Monday Night Raw 11 years ago, and you're still yes. working indies. That's that's dangerous, man. That's oh, dangerous. So we just obviously emphasize that we've gone on, obviously, what it said there last match. Well, some of these we obviously knew ourselves being wrestling fans, but some of them was very surprising. So we've got a little list here, which we posted on social media. Some great re- wrestlers. Mr. Isis has picked four. He's picked a wild card himself, and I picked four and a wild card of my own. So, Mr. Isaacs, take it away. For your first wrestler's last match. I think this first one here is probably the most notorious one of the past couple of years. That's been mm-hmm. very, very much so talked about. And I know we've even talked about it a little bit here in previous episodes, but I figure we got to bring it up here again. Okay. And that is Ric Flair's last match. Ric Flair and his son-in-law Andrade El Idolo versus Jeff Jarrett with Karen and Jay Lethal. And uh, I I have not seen this entire match. I've only seen clips of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, this is brutal, man. I mean, Ric Flair looked awful. He looked like he could legitimately have a heart attack, and then he faked having a heart attack spot in the match. Ugh. This is this is absolutely brutal. Liam, have you seen any of this or what are your thoughts on it? So I, I watched a lot of the build up with this and I've got to be honest, Ric Flair training at his age, I'm like, what is he doing? I am literally watching him train going, why? Do you know what I mean? I can't remember his last match before this, but do you know what I mean? At his age, going into a match like this and I'm sure he said that it was really, really bad. He must have passed out a few times. And yeah, there's so many bad parts in this match that it's, I can see why it's on the list, let's be honest. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. I think his last match prior to that was about a decade prior in TNA. Uh, he was involved in some kind of tag team with Hogan. I, I, mm. I don't remember all the specifics, but uh, yeah, he looked like he had no business being in the ring at all. This was clearly just a cash grab. Um, he kind of bashed people that criticized him afterwards. And it was like, well, I got all this money. Woo! Like, okay. You're bragging about like <laughs> taking money from people and then giving them that. I, but I love the buildup to it. I thought the buildup mm-hmm. was great. I like the video promos they did. Um, you know, when you've got the mind to make a good promo, you can still do it, but it mm-hmm. doesn't translate to physical activity in the ring, unfortunately. So, yeah, this this one was not good for me. It's no, a no for me, dog. Do you remember the, uh, did, 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 I can't remember if it, it was Conrad Thompson, but I can't remember which, which podcast it was. Was it actual Jeff's himself where the, he went like, I guess you're pretty proud of yourself, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so uh, this is Jarrett's My World podcast that Conrad hosts. Um, and they had a kayfabe episode where they like went back and forth with each other. <laughs> and Conrad. Conrad being kayfabe. I guess you're really proud of yourself, huh, Jeff? What you did was just wrong, Jeff. And, you know, it's just, uh, that was, I, I listened to that. It was cringy, but it was just funny. And I, I couldn't stay away from it. It was pretty bad. Did you listen to that episode? I listened to the whole episode. And I've got to be honest, I was really entertained. I'm not going to lie. It was funny. It was it was cringy, but it was funny though. Like it's it's cringy to hear Conrad do kayfabe. That just now, of course, Jeff Jarrett kills it. 
Yep. If Jarrett came across like he was actually being legit because he's just a great worker at this stuff. But uh, Conrad, not so much. No, no. I want to obviously shed a bit of light on Jeff Jarrett because while we're doing research for this, he seems to have had like been involved in a lot of wrestlers' last matches. I'm not saying that is in a bad way, but is that credit to Jeff? Do you know what I mean? In a way? Yeah. I mean, I, I think people trust Jeff. I think they trust him to, uh, you know, work a traditional good pro wrestling match without doing anything crazy. And, uh, you know, putting over whoever he's in the ring with. And it just so happens, too, that a lot of these final matches were in TNA when uh, Jarrett was the booker, you know, because Jarrett utilized a lot of older talent with name recognition, a la WCW. And, uh, yeah, that's just how it unfolded. A lot of these people had their last matches with Jeff Jarrett. There you go. There you go. And so can you let's let's score this match if. Going out of five stars, we're going to bit Dave Meltzer here. Uh, how would you star rate in this match? Uh, it's got to be a one. <laughs> I, mean, one. <laughs> I mean, you could possibly give it two just for like the atmosphere and the build up and everything. But yeah, it, it from what I saw of it again, I didn't watch the entire match, but from what I saw of it, it did not deliver. Right. Okay. One final thing on this is um, which banner was it under? I can't remember which promotion it was under. Jim Crockett Promotions. Oh, okay. I thought that's interesting. Yeah, so apparently uh, Jim Crockett was still able to get a promoter license in the state of Tennessee. And uh, so he revived Jim Crockett Promotions for this one show and partnered with Conrad and put on this show under the banner of Jim Crockett Promotions, the first show they've ran in like 30 years. Interesting, interesting. I bet you can't guess who one of the announcers were. Uh, I don't remember who the announce team was. Was uh um was Ian Riccoboni one of them? I can't remember. I was going to like it was me saying that Joe Dabrowski was one of the announcers. Oh, was he one of them? He was. Yes. Oh, nice. Okay. So, I I couldn't remember the commentary team. I I couldn't remember. But that is interesting, though. Our our pal Joe from, uh, you know, a Magic Wrestling alum here. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So that's obviously our first number one. My next one is, and when I obviously saw this last match, I actually remember the match really, really well. And it's, of course, Eddie Guerrero with the little uh, lie, cheat, and steal type thing. I mean, (laughs) every time we Eddie Guerrero, I mean, no matter what match it was, entertaining. But this is probably the one I always remember. And like I said, <laughs> with somebody like Mr. Kennedy, who I feel like was a bit underrated at the time, was this match for me was entertaining and great. And I was a bit surprised it was his last match anyway. What do you remember about this? Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't really remember this match. Um, but I do. Th- I agree with you that Ken Kennedy was a very underrated talent for sure. Uh, he mm-hmm. was a great heel. He was great on the microphone. And, uh, you know, in this era of WWE and, and you know, the uh, the the mid to late 2000s like kennedy was really good like he was a rising star that uh you know for whatever reason people just didn't like him backstage and uh he fizzled out and you know we didn't see much of him from there but you know this is one of those situations that's unfortunate because you know eddie guerrero obviously is somebody that didn't get to choose his last match Mm -hmm. so that that's what strikes me the most about this one on the list is that um if he had gone on to retire on his own terms, 
he probably would have worked with somebody different. Um, you know, obviously Eddie Guerrero passed away after mm-hmm. this match. So um, this is one of those things that's kind of like it's his last match, but it wasn't designed to be his last match. Unfortunately, I, I think that Eddie Guerrero could have put in several more good years in WWE and contributed a lot. And it's just, it's a shame to me that this is where it ended, but you know, I, I, I'll have to go back and check it out. I'm sure it was an entertaining match because Eddie Guerrero was awesome. The whole lie, cheat and steal thing that he was doing around this time was just absolute gold. And, uh, you know, like I said, Kennedy was an awesome heel at the time as well. So I, I, I have no doubt that they created magic together. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll head back obviously to your second pick. This one is a pandemic era WrestleMania main event. And, uh, Probably something we're never going to see again. But uh, it is The Undertaker's last match, the Boneyard match against AJ Styles. Now, Liam, what are your memories and thoughts on the Boneyard match? So when this match was actually announced, I will be honest, I'm like, "Mm, I'm not really drawn to this match. I'm thinking, obviously, it's pandemic era, so you're making the best of the situation you're in. But I've got to be honest, when I was watching the match, I'm like, you know what? It's a cinematic match itself, explanatory, and I'm actually enjoying this. And to work with somebody like AJ, I was a big fan of AJ Styles in TNA personally. So for, for him to work with somebody like Undertaker, where we're growing up with, it's kind of like two generations of wrestling I'm watching in one, in really. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I when it going into this, I thought this was going to be terrible, but I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean that. You got to give the WWE credit here in the sense of that they did the best they could to make a chicken salad out of chicken shit with the mm-hmm. pandemic era. You know, they couldn't have an audience um, and they kind of suffered from that. And what they did here was kind of compromise that. But like, well, we, we don't have the psychology of having a crowd reaction and getting a response but let's kind of jazz this up and put some cinematic elements into it to kind of add some emotion. And I thought this was really good. I thought it was entertaining. Um, it, we got a viral meme out of it that I see all the time in non wrestling groups of, uh, AJ Styles smiling and undertaker standing behind them. <laughs> I, I, that's a viral meme on the internet that I've seen even across non wrestling groups all over the internet. Um, you know, we, we saw, uh, you know, of course, Gallows and Anderson got involved. I mean, that was their last appearance at WWE for a while until they came back, you know, a year or two ago. And I just thought this was very enjoyable. I thought it was fun. Um, the, the scene of Undertaker riding off to Metallica playing on his motorcycle at the end of the show. It was just cool to me. I liked it. I liked it. I should remember the entrance, like it coming into the actual thing. I'm like, this is really, really good, but. Where do you think yeah. this like stacks up with the uh, Hardy compound? Because this is like kind of like WWE's version of that, anyway. I, I mean, it's 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 sort of apples and oranges to me because this was a little more of kind of like a serious fight type uh-huh. scene, and the Hardy compound thing was so over the top and goofy, but it was very entertaining though. Like I I love the uh, the the broken era matches that they had in TNA. At the Hardy compound, I thought they were, I thought they were hilarious. Um, which I mean, that was kind of what set the tone for all these cinematic matches. But uh, you know, I prefer the Boneyard match because it had a little more of a serious fight feel to it. So I, I preferred that. I, the 
the uh, the Hardy one got a little too foolish for me, but it was still funny though. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. It's kind of like Marmite, you either love the Hardy one or not. But yeah, I really enjoyed this, obviously, one. And I'm so glad it was Undertaker's last opponent. So yeah, you've mentioned, obviously, TNA a few times, and that's where we're going to head to next. Now, it's, of course, China's last match. Teaming <laughs> with Kurt Angle against Jeff and Karen Jarrett. The reason I actually, obviously, picked this one in particular is because this is when I was watching TNA at the time. So I was following storyline after storyline. And when she came out, obviously it was announced because I think Mick Foley announced who it was. I'm like, oh, there she is. I've not seen her for obviously a while. And yeah, I mean, the the match itself wasn't the greatest, but the fact she showed up in TNA is probably why I remember it more. Yeah, I mean, the, the match is nothing to really remember, but uh, it, it it was definitely an interesting moment to see her come back uh, because she had only made one wrestling appearance and like the decade prior to that, that I can recall. Mm-hmm. And that was when she uh, appeared in New Japan and wrestled Masahiro Chono. I think she was the first woman to ever wrestle on a New Japan show, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh, they brought her know. in and she wrestled a match against Masahiro Chono, I think in either 02 or 03. And um, then she disappeared. You know, obviously she did other things that we can't talk about on YouTube after that. Yep. And um uh, <laughs> She decided to uh, to come back and uh, work this one match in TNA, and it, it was fun to see her. Um, I was always a China fan. I know she's not the greatest wrestler in the world, but I thought she added a lot of value to the Attitude Era of WWE as as uh, kind of this uh, henchwoman of Triple H and DX. I thought it was a cool spot. We kind of see Rhea Ripley take a lot of influence from that now with what she does in the Judgment Day. And... Um, you know, I, I was always a big fan of China. Obviously, she's no longer with us, very tragically. But, uh, you know, it was cool to have this one last moment to see China in the ring. Yeah, the thing is, when I, like I said, I mentioned the matches, I don't remember much about it because I felt like it was more between Jeff and obviously Kurt. That was more the thing. China, China obviously did a few things, but no really to brag about. But I was just, as you mentioned that, I was so glad to see her. Yeah, and, and, you know, obviously the story was that, you know, uh, Kurt can't beat up Karen because, you know, he's a man, she's a woman, so I'm just going to bring in a badass chick to come in and beat the shit out of her, which is China. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a good story. It was a, a nice little feel-good moment to see her, and, you know, it is what it is. Of course, of course. Right then, so your third pick. My third pick, and I love this, love this, love this was uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens <laughs> coming back to WrestleMania. Um, this was fun. I like this a lot. They they built this up. Uh, Stone Cold cut a really awesome video promo on Kevin Owens. And man, like even in his elder years, the guy still got it. He's still mentally sharp. He can still cut promos. And he still looks like a badass. You know, I mean, obviously he... He came out here and wrestled with a shirt on because, you know, he's up in his 50s and everything, but he still looks like a badass to me. And, uh, you know, his banter with Kevin Owens was great. I love the tease that, you know, is Austin going to show up? Is he not? And then Kevin Owens just comes out at the end of WrestleMania and then Stone Cold comes out and they have an actual match. Like nobody knew it was going to be a match. They thought it was just going to be a confrontation. And uh, it ended up being a match. It was an old school Stone Cold Steve Austin style match. Let's brawl all around the inside of the arena. And uh, I thought it was good. I really enjoyed it. 
Austin could still throw punches. He still looked like a badass, and uh, I really, really enjoyed this match. What are your thoughts on it? So you're right. I mean, when obviously it was announced that obviously Austin was going to show up, I didn't think it was going to be a match either. But the mm. biggest surprising thing with this was when I saw the timestamp. It was around, I'm sure it was around 15, 16 minutes for a match like that. And you're right. I mean, Austin still looks in great shape despite his age. He's a great, obviously, actor as well. We can obviously that's a different show overall, but. Yeah, I mean, the it was basically Battle of the Stunners, and I absolutely love that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was brilliant. Kevin Owens is great, and uh, like it just it was so awesome to see these two work together. Um, I I don't think Austin gets enough love as a wrestler. I think people see him as a promo guy, but there is nobody that does the the brawl around the ring style better than Stone Cold Steve Austin, in my opinion. I don't think anybody does that better than him. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, at all the matches we've obviously talked about, this is probably one of my absolute favorites, so I'm so glad you put this on the list. Yeah, I think this is my personal favorite of all these matches on the list for me. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great match. And yeah, there's not really much. I mean, for me, this is probably one I would highly recommend go and watch it back because it's just so, so great. And it's, was it last year or a year before? I can't remember when it was. I was, I was trying to think about that. I didn't double check. Um, I think it was last year's WrestleMania, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't this year's; it was the prior year. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. But anyway, go check it out. There you go. <laughs> so, I've got a little question for obviously my next pick. Now, in Austin's obviously career, who was his biggest, biggest rival? It's debatable, but I'm gonna go with The Rock. Of course, and it's funny you say that because this is my next pick. This is a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> this is technically a match. I mean, we've obviously discussed this before we came on the air. Um, a six-second match. I mean, what can you say? Really, there's no offense. We just, yeah. This is one of those unexpected moments, too. Um, because nobody, nobody expected The Rock was going to technically work a match at WrestleMania. You know, he came out, cut a promo, and, uh, you know, Rowan and Harper, uh, I believe, came out. Uh, was this when they were doing the Bludgeon Brothers? I can't remember off the top of my head. I, I don't think they were the Wyatt family at this point, were they? I think there was. I think it was the whole Wyatt. Were they still the Wyatt family at this point? Okay. I believe so. Well, regardless, um, you know, they came out. Eric Rowan ended up getting in the ring. And <laughs> The Rock ended up challenging him to a match, immediately grabbing him, rock bottoming him, and uh, people's elbow and pin, and that was it. And uh, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. It was just kind of a moment to pop the crowd, but you know, it's kind of fun to, to say that you saw The Rock wrestle unexpectedly, unannounced. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just was what it was. It was an entertaining segment. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's a six second segment. I can't class it as a match. Because there's not much to obviously unpack. So, yeah, <laughs> that's the Rock's last match. Okay, so this next one is when I sent you the list. This is the one you immediately wanted straight away. So take it away. Yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about this. But, uh, you know, obviously me being the ECW mark that I am, um, I, I saw this. It was brought to my attention, and I had to put it on the list. And it's Taz's last match, which was at One Night Stand the uh, the ECW revival show and uh, it was against Jerry the King Lawler. Now, when we did the commentary show a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. 
uh, two or three weeks ago, whenever that was, we made mention of the work shoot promo that Joey Styles cut on um, Jerry Lawler, right? Yep. And uh, you could see here in the picture, you know, Joey Styles is on the back of Jerry Lawler because Jerry Lawler came out to slap around Joey Styles, basically, and got into it with him. And uh, Taz ended up making the save here. And uh, it wasn't really a match per se in the sense of that he literally locked on the Taz mission. Jerry Lawler immediately tapped out and that was it. So th- to add a little extra context too, Jerry Lawler has always been a major heel in ECW, even though he wasn't there very often. Because yep. for years he was running down ECW, calling it extremely crappy wrestling. He actually had a stint in ECW where he came in like, I'm I'm better than you. This company's garbage. You know, so like Lawler had been built up for years as a heel. And when he came out, the 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 crowd was throwing shit at him and flipping him off. And I mean it it was some good heat, which you usually typically saw on ECW shows. So this was a fun little entertaining thing. And uh you know, I always thought Tass was underappreciated as a wrestler, but it's kind of a cool little final moment for him in the ring. What do you think, Liam? Um, I don't remember much about it. Obviously, I need to go watch this one back, but I do believe apparently these two had a little bit of a like, feud anyway, Taz and obviously Jerry, so it was kind of like Taz saying, I finally got you or something. Yeah, yeah, because like Taz was like coming to the defense of Joey Styles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- this was a fun moment. I enjoyed it. This whole pay-per-view... The ECW One Night Stand pay-per-views, both of them, if you haven't seen them, Liam, I highly suggest you do, because they're great. Maybe you should do a watch-along with it. I, I would be down for that. Absolutely. I'm, I'm down for that. ECW One Night Stand, watch-along, let's do it. Yeah, okay. Book it. That, book it. That's he says, you can book it. <laughs> that's, some, that's something for the new year. But yeah, I mean, great, great little pine. So, we obviously have got my final one that we'll talk about as Wildcard. Now, but I'm a bit angry because we've not talked about any British wrestlers, so I had to put a British. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put a British wrestler on, and of course, when I think of British wrestling, old school, it's got to be William Regal, right? Now, yeah. as a total guest, do you have any idea what his last match was? Um, I know it was on NXT because I remember. Uh, I don't remember watching it, but I remember reading about it. I okay. don't remember who it was against. Was it? A, it was either Sami Zayn or Cesaro, I think. One of them is correct. Was it Cesaro? It was Cesaro. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, I've always been a big fan of William Regal because he, for me, he signifies typical British wrestling during the nineties. Nothing fancy, nothing high flying, nothing thing. It was just straight to the point, straight bare knuckle wrestling, and yeah. I mean. This is why I start to like Cesaro more, working with somebody like Regal, who is a veteran. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I, I love Regal. Um, Regal's one of those guys that he's just, his fundamentals are so strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> what I, I know this is kind of sidetracking here, but when I think about William Regal, I think about what he did to Goldberg in that match in WCW. Do you remember that? I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... And he claims that he didn't do it with malicious intent, but if you watch it, it's like he looked like he was like, this son of a bitch is not skilled enough to be in the ring with me, and I'm going to teach him a thing or two about wrestling. You know, like he really, really grappled him and like gave him a hard time. And uh, 
So, I mean, it's just emblematic of Regal is like a legit shooter kind of guy. Like he knows old school, you know, dare I say Billy Robinson style British wrestling, you know, super technical. And, um, you know, for him to put on this, I haven't seen this particular match with Cesaro, at least in my memory. I might have seen it and I just don't recall. Um, but I'm sure it was a great match. And, and Regal was that guy who could just get a really good technical match out of anybody. If you couldn't have a solid match with William Regal, then you're probably not really fit for wrestling, honestly. There you go. Is that like the, is that like the final boss? Is what you're saying? Basically, yeah. Like if if you want to prove your worth as a professional wrestler, if you can work a good match with William Regal, then I think you're off to a good start. There you go. There you go. And that's obviously my thing. Now you've got obviously one wild card, which obviously you wanted to put on the list. Yeah, and uh, you know this match. Ooh, this was a little brutal. Not gonna lie. Uh, this is something that when it happened in their prime was great but uh this was at saudi arabia uh with uh people who said they were never going to wrestle again but uh you know saudi money talks and bullshit walks right so yep, we've got correct. uh degeneration x against the brothers of destruction at crown jewel this was an awful match i'm sorry it just was all four of them looked terrible <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure Triple H injured his leg, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, I mean, Shawn Michaels was blowing spots like crazy. Kane looked blown up. Taker looked blown up. Ugh. This just was not good, man. This was not good. And this was HBK's last match. Because he retired. But then again, like I said, Saudi money brings people out of retirement. And uh, he just looked awful. He looked like a homeless, bald man that just shouldn't be wrestling. Liam, what yeah. did you think of this match? This match, I mean, this is basically plain and simple. It was all about money. I mean, I didn't want to see this because we've seen it, obviously. If if this was like in their prime, like early 90s, this would have been a whole different story. But the fact is, you can see, obviously, in the match, everyone looked blown out. Everything, the match itself, horrible. It, yeah, it wasn't a good match, man, I will be honest. No, this wasn't. This was a Saudi money grab. <laughs> and I don't blame them. I mean, it's very likely. I think it was reported or rumored or something that, you know, these guys made seven figures to do this one match. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't blame them. If you dangled a million dollars in front of my face, I'll fly to Saudi Arabia and look like shit. I mean, you know, I mean, really can't knock the hustle, but it just was not a very good match. I mean, it, 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 I guess from a nostalgia perspective, it was nice to see them back in the ring together, but it just wasn't. It just didn't gel. So you said it obviously it was HBK's last match. Was that Triple H's and Kane's as well? Or yeah, that was also Kane's last match, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Triple H's last match. I don't think he's worked one since then. Yeah, it's not. If this is their last match, I will be honest. It's probably disappointing. I'm not going to. So lie. that uh, that is three Hall of Fame legends had their last match in this stinking pile of shit. <laughs> there you go. Not a good match at all. Sorry. Not at all. Not at all. So I've obviously got my wild card and I could have put anybody in this list. We could have said Hulk Hogan. We could have said Alundra Blaze. Obviously, I don't know why I've said that one, but I, I went with Randy Savage. Now, I didn't know this, obviously, until I looked it up. And Randy Savage's last match was with Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Jeff Jarrett versus AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy. 
Do you remember much about this match? Because I remember bits. I remember a little bit. Um, and I think that Savage basically, if I'm not mistaken, he just came out at the very end of it. <laughs> I don't think he actually worked a full match, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right about that? You're spot on. Well said. Yeah, so this is unfortunate, honestly, because, you know, Randy Savage is iconic. One of the, I mean, arguably one of the top four or five well-known professional wrestlers in wrestling history. Mm -hmm. I mean, him, Hogan, Flair, and I mean, you could debate who the other one is, but I mean, that's probably the top three most, maybe Andre or someone like that, the most recognizable professional wrestlers across pop culture in all, all of wrestling history. And for him to kind of just fizzle out after a crappy TNA main event and never be seen in pro wrestling again, and then, you know, tragically die a few years later. That's just unfortunate, man. I I'd, I would have liked to have seen better for Randy Savage at the end. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yeah, the thing is, I don't remember much about match. Obviously, because it came out at the end. I do believe there was some like thing backstage about that, why that actually was. But I, I think mean, Jeff Jarrett's told the story on his podcast. I'd have to go back and check the clip. But yeah, there there was something going on there. Um. Yeah, I mean, it just this was just not a fitting way for Savage to end his career, in my opinion. Not at all, not at all. And have you seen what we've actually done here? Weirdly, what's that? Have you seen what we've actually done here on the whole show? What have we done on the whole so, show? Uh, so the main, we started the main event with Jeff Jarrett. What are we doing now? We're closing it with Jeff Jarrett. I'm telling you, man. TNA was like. <laughs> TNA was like the retirement home for a lot of wrestlers back in its uh, early days. And uh, this is emblematic of that again. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett, man. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's the guy that, uh, you know, put a lot of these careers out to pasture I'm for good or bad. At, I was looking at the images then. I'm like, oh, wait, the Jeff Jarrett's there. Oh, wait, he's on the end one as well. So he's on the first one and then the last one. It's weird. It's strange. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, man, you know, Jarrett's the guy. He, he's the guy that's going to, uh, we could call him the legend killer instead of Randy Orton. Like <laughs> he's the guy that's going to bring you in, uh, have a lackluster retirement watch and send you on your way home. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, based on obviously all the ones we've covered, who would you say really on the list is had the most memorable last match? I think it's got to be Stone Cold and Owens. I mean, that main evented one of the nights of WrestleMania. Like, to me, I just don't think it gets better than that. Um, it's certainly leaps and bounds above any other match on this list. And uh, to me, that's the most memorable final match. Now, I, I don't think this is going to happen, but if they do bring him in and have him work a match with CM Punk, that might yep. be better than this one. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think right now, as it stands, I think Austin Kevin Owens has got to be my favorite. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I was kind of torn between that one and the Undertaker one because that's that's a good choice but, too. Yeah, yeah, I think they're the top two. So I mean, yeah, but the thing is, I mean, I've, this is obviously with people watching back. Go check a legend out and look at their last match. Some of them you will be really, really surprised with. Do you know what I mean? I did the exact same thing with a load of wrestlers, and I'm like, oh, okay, like surprising. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's an indie show. Yeah. 
And that's unfortunate, man. I mean, I, you know, no disrespect to independence or anything, but like when you're a star and you end up working your last mash in front of like 30 people at an indie in some high school somewhere, that's just, that's unfortunate. Like, I, I just, I wish they could do it on the big stage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, guys, that's our show. Do you know what? I've really enjoyed this because there's been so much planning into it and it's just, I, I know, I, I know you're, you like the nostalgia stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you stick the microphone in front of me and ask me to talk about nostalgia. And I mean, I can go all day long. I mean, that that's, it, I'm a historian at heart. So that's, uh, that, that's what I like to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what we've got obviously planned for the rest of the week, I do believe collisions tonight. Uh, yeah, you can check me out on uh collision after dark tonight. The, uh, the best threesome in YouTube, uh, myself, uh, GM, Mr. Golden Graham and, uh, Mr. Canada dry himself, the owner of the channel. We, uh, get together. We have a threesome every Saturday night live right here on YouTube on F and wrestling. There you go. So tune that out that immediately follows AW collision. And then obviously tomorrow's the Olive and wrestling show. I'm not actually quite sure what they're doing tomorrow. I don't suppose you have any ideas. Um, Aaron shared an idea with me. I don't know if it's concrete or not, so I don't want to throw it out there, but, uh, as of right now, I think it's kind of up in the air. I'm not entirely sure what they're doing tomorrow, but uh, you can check out uh, Canada Dry and JFB tomorrow at uh, 1.30 Eastern time, and uh, they'll have an entertaining show for you as well. Of course, of course. So if you guys obviously want to follow us on social media, you can head to effingwrestling.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube, uh, Twitch. We're absolutely everywhere, right? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to try to, and I know I've been saying this forever, but uh, the new Call of Duty Warzone update just came out so uh you're probably going to be able to find me on the twitch f and wrestling channel here shortly playing and it's funny you say that because i'm actually building a new pc for the new year oh are you going to be my uh my Warzone uh, duos partner i may be maybe yeah so obviously i'm building a new pc to do basically streaming and the occasional games you, you never know we might actually put some gaming on this channel i think that would be great i think that would be great we could do it on the uh and wrestling twitch we could do it on and wrestling youtube i know how to do it i can uh you know i i do it on my channel so i can work with you and we can get it done here if uh if all the powers that be are okay with that well we've got to grow right yeah but yeah and obviously stay tuned so yeah i will be obviously some sort of gaming will be coming in the near future and yeah, obviously, if you guys want a t-shirt, you can head to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash wrestling. You can get the Magic of Wrestling t-shirt, which mine's still in the chuffing wash. That's a different story. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you can get the All F and Wrestling shirt, which was modeled by the lovely Natalia Markova. Oh, Mr. Isaacs, tell everybody about the old school. If you love old school wrestling, and I know you do if you're part of this audience because we like nostalgia, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Adrian Adonis who has been on a recent episode of the Vice documentary series, Dark Side of the Ring. Adorable Adrian Adonis. Go get a t-shirt today. Of course, of course. The Magic of Wrestling obviously is back next week. Uh, we may be pre-recorded. We're not quite sure yet because obviously I'm going to be at NGW, but the one thing we, we are certain, there will be an episode of Magic of Wrestling next week. We'll, we'll figure it out. Either Liam and I will get together and pre-tape something, or I'll do something solo, or I'll recruit somebody else in our community and we'll do something we'll figure it out but regardless next saturday we will do some kind of show <laughs> there you go there you go so one final thing mr isaacs as always you're really really good at this segment nobody does it better than you see us out to the outro guys it is the holiday season 
And uh, the holiday season's a very wonderful, magical time for a lot of people, but it can also be a very depressing time for a lot of people as well. And one thing you've just got to remember, you know, bad times don't last forever. They don't. You are strong enough to rise above anything that you've got going on in your life, whether it's a, you know, a loss of a beloved pet or a family member or a breakup of a relationship or health problems or work problems or whatever you've got on your plate in front of you. You can overcome it. You just got to have the mindset that you can overcome it. Better days are ahead for all of us. I truly, truly believe that. I think 2024 is going to be a hell of a year for all of us. And uh, you just got to keep your head up, guys. Remember, just keep fighting.